welcome to the CJ Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we meet the new running backs coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Jason Hogan. Learn more about why he wanted to come to work with the Blue Bombers. And also, Carrie Anderson just won a bronze medal at the World Women's Curling Championship. She'll tell us all about it on the podcast. Winnipeg Blue Bombers adding to their coaching staff last week, announcing the addition of Jason Hogan to the coaching staff Friday as the running backs coach for 2022. And Jason joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Doing well. How does it feel to be a part of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers coaching staff? Uh, it feels great. I mean, we haven't, we haven't had a chance to do uh, much just yet. I mean, with the with the uh, the combine this past weekend, and I've been going you know back and forth on a couple of zooms with uh, with Buck and the offensive staff. But it feels great, man. It's, it's it's an awesome organization, winning organization. So I can't I can't wait to just get started. So when you apply for a job like this, do you come in with like a, a deep knowledge? Have you did you do a lot of research on? Brady Oliveira, Johnny Augustine, and the running game that this team had last year? Um, I quite frankly did not. Um, I think the biggest thing for the organization and myself was to make sure it was the right fit. Uh, you know, it's a people to people business, and you want to make sure you have the right people in place. Um, I mean, football is football. At the end of the day, you know, we'll study it. We'll, we'll get up to date with uh with what they did, and, and I'll be doing that shortly uh, in the month of April, and I intend to watch every single clip of, of every one of our backs uh, for my own event. But at the end of the day, it's just it's got to be the right fit. You want you want the right person coming into the building and, and make sure that uh, they will teach the right culture and the, the, the right standards the way the team does. Now, you spent some time in the CFL before. Most recently, you were with the uh, University of Montreal and their fantastic football program there as assistant offensive coordinator. You also <laughs> coach running backs there. What do you think of the jump uh, going from CFL to uh, university to CFL? Is there a, a big learning curve going from one to the other? Well, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to have, uh, you know, been with the Alouettes uh, the prior years to my stint with the uh, University of Montreal. So I've kind of dabbled in both worlds. Um, and I, I mean, I think there are a lot of similarities. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the athleticism at both levels is, is more or less the same, maybe a little more speed, obviously, at this at this level, uh, the professional level. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, I think it should be an interesting year. How much time have you spent in Winnipeg in your life? Uh, <laughs> not much. We, uh, you know, aside from the games, when uh, when I went up there with uh, the Alouettes, uh, when we played the Blue Bombers, and uh, a, a one game, uh, specifically the uh, national championship when I was playing for the uh, junior football um, team up in St. Leonard, the Cougars, we uh, we went, we actually played an IG field and got our got our butts handed to us by uh, the Saskatoon Hilltops. So that was about it. Uh, so look forward to uh, to seeing some new people, some new places, and 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 especially see my country, which I'm uh, a big fan of. And where are you right now? Are you in Montreal? Yes, sir. Montreal is home for me, and, and uh, I'll, I'll be moving up there with uh, my wife and, and, and son for the uh, most part of the summer, the, and then they'll head back on the tail end uh, back home in Montreal. But I will be with the team, so looking forward to it. When did you make the decision that you wanted 
football to be a part of your life after you were done playing? Um, it actually, it kind of happened, uh, as soon as, as soon as I transferred, I, I studied, uh, briefly at the university of uh, Laval where we, uh, you know, fortunately we won a, a national championship. We won the Vanier cup and, uh, the year ended and I was trying to find myself, figure out what I want to study in, you know, where I want to end up, uh, in the following years. And, um, and that brought me back to Montreal. And at that point in time in my life, I wanted to finish my, my degree. So I went to Concordia University here in Montreal, um, you know, finished my studies, played a little bit of, of junior football. And at that point in time, um, at, you know, especially at the, at the quarterback position for a Canadian like myself, it was, it was a little tougher back then. And, and I wasn't the best of, uh, of quarterbacks either. So, uh, you know, it was hard for me to try and move up a notch and, and, and play in the CFL ranks. So, um, I decided, you know, football has been my passion. I've always, I've always dreamt of being, you know, playing, playing professionally, playing in the NFL and the CFL and did not get that opportunity. So I figured, Hey, might as well give it a shot and try coaching. And, and that's kind of how it happened. And what was it about coaching that you like so much and how it keeps you coming back every year? Well, I love the fact that um, it's very, I mean, it's very gratifying. You, you know, you get to enjoy your, your passion and you get to share it with, with, you know, these kids or these professional athletes that, that you coach every single week and, and you get to, you know, to, to transcend everything that you know, you know, into them and, and, and allow them to, to, um, you know, become the better versions of themselves. And, and that's really why I love this, this sport so much and why I love coaching so much, because not only am I, I'm working on myself, you know, daily, weekly, every year, um, I'm also able to to help. You know, lend a, a hand in help. So you mentioned you're looking forward to joining an organization like the Blue Bombers because joining a two-time champion, I'm sure, has uh, some great appeal to it. But outside of just winning, what is it about the the culture here and the program they they've built here with Mike O'Shea? What is it about <laughs> it that uh, drew you to to wanting to come here? Well, I mean, I think you you said pretty much everything. You know, winning winning organization, um, and and I, I did my own homework. You know, I, I made a couple of calls and asked around with guys I've coached with either at the Alouettes or guys who've been in the CFL, and and everything came back uh, very positive. You know, the the feedback from from you know what type of individuals uh, Buck and, and Coach uh, Oshar, and and to me that was you know if I'm if I'm going to leave Montreal, especially with the the you know, the situation I had at University of Montreal was pretty good, you know. Um, so it, it had to be something that could allow me to grow as an individual, grow as a football coach, to learn, to keep learning, which is which is something I, I absolutely want to do. Um, and, and I think, you know, be able to learn a system from Coach Lapo, who then transcended to uh, Buck, and then be able to learn with Buck and, and, and help out Marty, which, you know, does a fantastic job with the O-line. Um, so I think all those things combined made it, made it just a, a win-win for myself. Was any part of it an itch to just live outside of Quebec or was that just a coincidence part of it? Cause I know you've spent pretty much your whole life in Quebec. Have you not? I have, I have, uh, I think it's just a coincidence. I think at the end of the day, uh, especially in this profession, you have to be open-minded. Um, you have to go where the opportunities are and, I mean, this, you know, this was a pretty solid opportunity when, when a head coach, uh, you know, like Osh, who's done what he's done as a player and who's done what he's done as a coach in this league, uh, gives you a phone call, you know, with an opportunity, potential opportunity to coach 
um, you know, at, at, at this professional level, you, you have to listen and you have to uh, consider. So I think it was just a, the right, you know, right timing, right opportunity. And, and uh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I made this decision. I think this is the best decision for myself and my family right now. And my, you know, my, uh, my time in my life right now. This may seem like a dumb question, Jason, but what does a running backs coach do? What is, that's a great question. Um, so we'll prepare the running backs to understand the fronts that they're going to face on a weekly basis uh, so that they can, you know, key off pre-snap. So before the snap of the ball and have a better idea of where the ball should wind up. Had we, you know, if, if we're going to hand it off to them, if it's a run, you know, if it's a hard run, if it's a run action play or, um, you know, especially the, the, the other uh, aspect would be to, understand protection. So I have to prepare the guys to understand where, you know, what kind of blitz schemes, what kind of pressure they're bringing on a weekly basis. So we can keep a guy like Zach healthy and upright in the pocket. So he can just, you know, do his thing and throw the ball down the field. So it's a lot of preparation. It's a lot of, you know, visualizing film, seeing what they're doing defensively and then, you know, getting down with, sitting down with, with the right or the, uh, the online coach and, and seeing what, what scheme, uh, fits best every week. You know, what can we run at them and, and what kind of protection do we need and, and what do we need to defend? You know, what kind of pressures are, are they bringing? That's great stuff, Jason. Appreciate your time tonight. Congrats on the new gig and we'll uh, see you when you get to Winnipeg. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Yesterday in Prince George, British Columbia, Kerry Anderson and Team Canada securing a bronze medal at the World Women's Curling Championship. And Carrie joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. Carrie, congrats on the new hardware. Thank you so much. <laughs> How did that feel to get the medal put around your neck after uh, the gold medal game yesterday? Um, yeah, after the gold medal game, we were uh, pretty devastated. Or, like, or sorry, after the semis, um, we were devastated that we didn't get a chance to... Um, play in the gold medal game but uh, we came out and played for bronze and um, had a really great game and we're super proud of ourselves for uh, coming out and winning that bronze. What's the recovery like after that semi-final game when you know okay we can't win gold this isn't obviously what we wanted but at the same time hey we can still get something. Yeah like you go there to get gold and um um, that wasn't the case, but um, we just parked it and uh, knew that we wanted to bring something home for ourselves and for Canada. So uh, Canada hasn't, for the women, haven't medaled since 2018. So um, it was pretty special for us to win this. What was it like watching the gold medal game? Oh, it was it was good. It was a really great game. Um, we got there probably about halfway through, and uh, it was pretty intense and some great shots being made, and we figured that uh, it would be a good game. Both of those teams are amazing. Was any part of you like, ah, dang, if we were in this, it would have been so much better? Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you always want to be in that gold medal game, especially uh, um, on Canadian soil and um, all the fans and our family cheering for us. It was it was pretty amazing, and uh, I'm sure if we were in the final, it would have been uh, pretty loud. <laughs> Absolutely. So Switzerland ended up winning again. They've, they've been kind of a dominant team the last few years. Did not lose at all in this tournament, Korea getting silver. And uh, looking back at that semifinal, Kerry, do you have regrets on how that game played out, or, or do you live with the result? 
Um, yeah, uh, there's shots that I go back on that I'm like, oh, I should have done this differently, and that's kind of, that, it's a learning curve. Um, all those tough losses you learn from, so um, definitely uh, going to take that uh, going forwards and um, uh, learn from our mistakes. So now that you're you're back home, take a look back at this week that was was it everything you hoped it would be it's your third time winning the scotties but the first time to actually do it the world's in front of fans on home soil was it everything you hoped it would be oh it it was and more like it uh it was pretty special and uh we weren't sure how many uh fans were going to come out but uh there was a lot and we we're super grateful for this opportunity to get this again since we, in 2020, we weren't able to play because of COVID, and then we were in a bubble last year. The bubble was extremely difficult, and um, it wasn't the experience um, that we wanted. So to get this opportunity again and uh, to pretty much have it as normal um, was uh, pretty awesome. You get off to a 2-2 two and two start, and then you get hot down the stretch when you start picking up wind start picking up steam did you feel like okay we're kind of back into that groove that we were in at the scotties yeah definitely um when you start to get a whole bunch of wins in a row your confidence gets pretty pretty high so um we we got on a bit of a roll there and then uh we had a, a loss against um korea which was another tough rock tough loss um should have won that one too but uh, then again uh it is what it is and uh you just gotta gotta park those and learn from those mistakes and um yeah we uh um we had a really really great week and uh, we're definitely exhausted <laughs> yeah so what is the season over for you then or are you going to play in those last couple slam events uh, we have the last two slam events, uh, the Players' Championship, um, and then um, also the Champions Cup in May. Uh, I'm actually heading to Vegas on Friday to watch the, the men's uh, world so, uh, for the weekend. Just as a fan, though, just to take it all in. Yes, just as a fan. <laughs> hey, a trip to... I mean, we heard from Brad Gushu earlier in the show just about how, you know, last time in Vegas four years ago, the ice maybe wasn't the best. How do you picture Vegas, 30 degrees on Saturday, being able to, to hold a curling event like this of such a big magnitude as the world events? Yeah, it's definitely going to be challenging. Um, I remember when the event was in Vegas as well, and they had a hard time with the ice. So hopefully uh, they can get it figured out. And uh, when it's yeah plus 30 outside and trying to keep it pretty cold in the arena is challenging, that's for sure. So what is... As a curler, and you see all the other, so many other teams around you disbanding, the curling free agency going nuts, and you're still playing, you've got the Worlds, all that to prepare for, do you pay attention to all the, the news that's happening on other rinks? Oh, of course. <laughs> you want to know all the ins and what's happening, and then uh, we're just, because we don't, we, no one's approaching us because they know that we're staying together, so it's like, oh, what's happening in the curling world? <laughs> So, um, yeah, we uh, we definitely uh, like to know what's happening. Well, how does it feel to be kind of the team that everyone's going for? Because you've won the last three Scotties. You're like the one team, one of a few teams that is staying together. And what's it like looking around and just seeing all the changes at a, at a pace that I don't know if we've ever seen before? Yeah, it's definitely um, um, 
it's good that we're staying together and we're gonna we're gonna stay together for another four years and give it another run. Like we absolutely love playing with each other on and off the ice. So um, it's uh, it's pretty good. And I think uh, all these other teams that are te- changing that um, they're gonna it's gonna be a whole learning process for them. It it really took us about two years to. Uh, to really figure um, our team out. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So you're going to curl, uh, to Vegas to watch the curling on on the weekend, and then you got the couple slam events. When when do you get to just, like, shut off curling from your brain? When do you actually get the ch- a chance to just step away for a minute and just breathe? Um, end of May. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, or even during the week, like when I get home, I just try to relax and get caught up on other things and like, and then I go back to work tomorrow. So it's pretty hectic. Um, and I'm excited to go back to work and bring my medal there for uh, all my residents to see and my coworkers. And, uh, um, yeah, so it's, yeah, I nonstop for me. So where's the medal going to live in your home? Is there a certain, is there a trophy case with all your curling stuff or is there a special place for this medal? Um, I told my husband he's going to have to start making something for me to uh, put all these trophies on. <laughs> so he's going to, he's going to be working on that, I think. <laughs> is there a certain spot in the house that, that, that you got kind of taped off that would be good? I haven't found a spot yet. Um, I want to put um, my jacket uh, from Worlds in uh, a box with the medal on it and then uh, hang that up. But, of course, there's one other medal that you'd love to get, right, and that's an Olympic medal. Yep, that's uh, um, a dream that uh, I've wanted for a very, very long time. So uh, we're uh, I'm definitely going to save a spot for that, hopefully, in, in your future. <laughs> well, Carrie, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this. Uh, enjoy your uh, your. Little break uh, going to Vegas, and uh, we'll check in with you as the season wraps up. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that they should come to this. Place.